in today's show. We recap all of the action from Sunday, including the return coming up of Brooke Lopez, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. We're here after Sunday's games. I hope you won your playoff matchup. I hope you made the playoffs. I hope your roto team's going well. I hope everything went well on a Sunday to end the week. I hope some good news befell your teams. I hope you didn't get dicked around with poor percentages or a rough injury update from today. Hopefully everything's going well there for your league. But let's talk about some news. That we've got to get to before we start recapping those games. Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> All right. Big news. And big in, in that this guy is big. He's a big man. Brooke Lopez is coming back. Him and George Hill are both returning for the Milwaukee Bucks tomorrow. George Hill has been quietly out for a bloody long time. Not as long as Lopez, who played one game and then had to have back surgery. But um, Hill's been out a while. And there's impact, obviously, for both of these guys. Hill probably cuts into Grayson Allen's alleged upside, which isn't really there. And Lopez is going to be somewhere in the mix. Now, there's two parts to the Lopez thing. You know, obviously, the news came out inundated with questions. Hey, do we add him? And my response to this is just going to be no. Like, I just don't see a bloke who's 34 years of age, who had back surgery and has missed five months, is going to come in and produce consistent top 100 value. I cannot see how that happens. Will he have a couple of interesting games? Sure. I expect that he plays pretty low minutes for the next two to three weeks. And remembering, this is a guy last year, in pretty good health, played 27 minutes. The year before that, under 27 minutes. So with missing all this time, five months off, 34 years of age, back surgery, is he going to even sniff 25? I would highly doubt that until we get to the playoffs. I would, I highly would doubt it. Last year, wasn't a top 100 guy. Mainly because his blocks fell way off. He was like 104th. He wasn't far off it, but that's in those 27 minutes. I just think, again, if you are in the middle of playoffs, or if your playoffs start on Monday, you might get Lopez playing 15 minutes a night for a week. And in a 10, a 12, it's not worth it. A 14, maybe you can make the argument. But I just think, again, with guys out for so long, coming back and waiting for them to warm up during your fantasy playoffs, it generally is a losing proposition. I wouldn't rush to add him. I think that if someone asked me if he's a 10-team ad, like under no circumstance would I bother in that sort of a format. In a 12, I, I get it. He didn't look great, I would thought, in his first game. He had eight and five in that first game this season. Three blocks, which is still obviously really good. But he had eight and five, didn't shoot well. He's not a high usage player. 
Bobby Portis is playing well. Serge Barker's there to sort of ease that load somewhat as well. I just don't think we're getting 25 minutes from Lopez until the playoffs. And that is not going to matter for us in fantasy. I don't believe. If you have a different opinion, I'm not telling you what to do. Go and add him. I am not. I saw the news. I didn't. My first thing wasn't, I've got to go add Brook. No way. Not interested. More Bucks news. Jondre Bembry has torn his ACL and MCL. That's a long one, man. If we're going to go by John Isaac's timeline, that's about four years out for Bembry. But under regular timelines, it's still probably going to be just 12 months. Not that Bembry was impacting much, but I guess his absence allows George Hill to take that playing time. And then it doesn't won't impact Allen quite as much as if Bembry was still around. Other update today from Anthony Davis is that he's going to get on the court tomorrow and do some spot shooting. This is not an indication to pick up Anthony Davis. Spot shooting does not even mean one-on-one work. He said he was just waiting for his swelling to go down, so it's gone down a bit. But we are still, at minimum, I would guess, two weeks away, at minimum. And even that feels very soon. When asked if he was returning this season, Vogel said, oh, 100% maybe. So honestly, no. Like That's basically what that means is it's very unlikely that he does. Like Again, for a ramp up, he's still going to get to one-on-ones, three-on-threes, five-on-fives, full practice, full contact practice. It's not happening within two weeks. And when he comes back, I don't think his minutes limit would be huge. He might play 30 a night. But I'm expecting that that happens. We are the 14th of March. Is he back before April? I think that's highly unlikely for Anthony Davis. Again, great guy when he's out there. But can you deal with zero? Sure, you've got an open injured reserve slot. And if you're not going to use that at all, eh, by all means, stick Anthony Davis there. I think the odds of that happening are pretty low of not, not using that spot. But that doesn't hurt at all. I just don't think this is, means his return is anywhere close to imminent. Another update for tomorrow, Jared Vanderbiltbar is out again. So Jaden McDaniels, Malik Beasley, those guys get a bump in their production. Patrick Beverly questionable with his ear contusion, whatever the hell that means. So he could be out again, but Vanderbiltbar is already a confirmed sideline. So uh, some news there. Of course, hey, Tom Brady's back as well to just throw in some random other sports news, which completely didn't surprise me, but surprised me all at the same time. So there you go. There's your NFL update from me today. And now I've got to update you on Built Bar because Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Do you reckon Tom Brady was sitting at home going, where can I get myself a high protein, low calorie bar? They're so hard to find uh, regularly, but I know at, at the team facilities, they're going to have those Built Bars available for me. Well, you can be like Tom Brady, allegedly, and get yourself boxes and boxes of Built Bar because these, these protein bars, they taste great. They taste like candy bars, but... They're not high in calories. They're not high in fat. They're not high in sugar. They're high in protein, 17 grams in each bar, 130 calories in a bar as well. Plus the new marshmallow puffs. It's protein infused marshmallowy goodness in that churro or lemon cream pie cheesecake. I think that's what it's called. Anyway, get them at built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 and save 15% off your orders of Built Bar. Built Bar is built different. First game, early one. Knicks Nets. Nets get the victory. Obviously needed. They need every victory they can at this point uh, in the season. But good uh, good to see them get that victory there. In terms of... Where are we? Um, here we go. 110, 107. I don't know why I just blanked out there. Fournier had a good game. The disease scrotum. him. 25 points with five threes and five assists. He shot 69%. Giggity. Great. He's still 194th over the last two weeks, and I don't think this changes him into a must-roster guy. Randall had 26-4-4, and which was strong. While RJ Barrett, after that really hot streak, you know where he's ranked the last two weeks? 130th. 
24 points, one rebound. At least he got three steals, but shot 38 from the field. The volume is still pretty good with his scoring, but he does hurt in category leagues. Jericho Sims worked his way back into the rotation. In fact, he played more than Mitch Robinson. 23 minutes for Simsy, 10 boards and a block, while Robinson had seven and five with four blocks. A little bit of foul trouble there, but it was interesting to see Sims back over Taj Gibson. Uh, Alec Burks. Alec Berg. Just five points on 22%, but six rebounds, seven assists, and two steals. He should be on a 12-team roster, as should Quickly, who also struggled. Six points, seven rebounds, and four assists. That's a very Alec Burks line. In fact, 20% shooting from Quickly, but I would still hold him in 12s if I did have him. I'd have him over a Fournier, for example. For the Nets, no Kyrie, of course. He'll return for next game and then miss the next two. Durant played 43 minutes in a regulation game against the Knicks. He had 53, 6, and 9 with two steals and four threes. Obviously great. Amazing percentages. Amazing from, yeah, from both percentages. 75 fantasy points. Like it's a great, a great game. I hope you just don't want him to play that much, but it was great. The Shark, Bruce Brown, also played 41 minutes. Baby shark, 15, 7, and 5 with two steals. Just remains a strong 12-team league guy until the team gets whole. Will they ever get whole? Will Simmons and Kyrie ever return? I don't know. I don't know when they're going to be there. Or when's Kyrie going to be full-time? And Simmons, I've got no idea. Looks like it's a couple more weeks there for Benny. Dragic started, had seven points only, but he is providing some okay assists. Six of them here with two steals and a block, while the big avocado played 27, 18, and 10 on 100% shooting. You don't get that from Drummo all that often. 40% from the line, sure, you get that a bit. But 100% from the field, eh, take that one. He is a 12-team league guy for now, until Aldridge comes back and we see what happens. James Johnson just ran around out there for his 31 minutes. Actually, that's not true. Five assists and three steals gets it done, especially after five blocks last game, but he's only a stream option for deepers. And there's no, absolutely no reason to hold Paddy Mills. Five points in 31 minutes. He's outside the top 300 over the last two weeks. You do not need to hold him in 12 or 14 team leagues. And in fact, for the year, he's outside the top 170. So there's at no reason at all for him to be on as many rosters as he is. Absolutely none whatsoever. Let's go to the next game. Another early one, Clippers and the Pistons. Clippers get the win in the end against that feisty Pistons team. 106-102, the final score. Marcus Morris really picked it up the last couple. 35 minutes, 31-7 and seven with three threes. 53%. Now, it's going to be up and down for him for sure, but this was really strong. Reggie Jackson played 40 minutes. 15-8-9, two steals, a block with three threes. Asked after the game, Ty Lue, you know, someone asked, what about Reggie's minutes? Is he going to play the back-to-back? And Ty Lue said, I quote, I don't remember. Now, unless he's the dumbest bastard in the world, he's lying to us and he's fucking with us and Reggie's not going to play tomorrow. Clippers reporters seem to think that Reggie will not play tomorrow. I also don't think that Bob Covington plays tomorrow, so be aware of that. Zubats had a nice 14 and 15 double-double with a steal and a block. Well, the Duck, Luke Kennard, had 16 and 25. But if Jackson sits, then Kennard and Mann and the Farmers Union, Amir Coffey, they're all going to have to step up and get more playing time. Now, Terrence Mann, this is the volatility of this Clippers rotation. I would hold Mann for tomorrow, but he had six points in 23 minutes. Like, he's just, he's not that good. And with so much up and down in the minutes, it is hard to look at him as a guy that you just have to hold through the dips. Like, when the dips come, see you later. But, again, if Jackson sits tomorrow, which I expect... I'll hold on to him, Terrence Mann, for Monday, and then probably Jettison. Yeah, Canard's coming up, 16 points with four threes, but we've seen this before. Up with a big peak, drops for a crest. Up for a peak, this is just what he does. This is what the rotation dictates that he does. Well, Coffey is in a strong spot in terms of minutes, 36 of them, but eight points on 27%. As I said, excuse me. 
but he's just not uh, a reliable guy. Maybe I need to sub my Josh Lloyd, questionable to return. Congestion. Shout out General Soreness. Uh, eight points for Amir Coffee in 36 minutes on 27%. It's not going to cut it. But again, hold for Monday with Reggie likely sitting and then cut him. Batum had two points. Like, sure, absolutely not a 12-team league guy. Let's go to the Pistons. Cunningham played 44 minutes. And after the game, Dwayne Casey said he's got to try and find him a bit more rest and rely on some other guys, which isn't great. Like, if we're going to have Cunningham sitting down or playing a few minutes. We don't want that because he's been flying. Unfortunately, he didn't hit a three here, but still had 21, oh, sorry, 23, 9, and 10 with two blocks. He's going to be a third-round guy next season. I feel confident in that. Well, Jeremy Grant had 21 with four triples. And the big man, Isaiah Livers. 27 minutes, nine points, all from three, a block and five rebounds. Close the game. Importantly, the minutes almost double what Kelly Olenek played. And with three high-quality games coming up this week, them and the Magic, the only team with that, Livers wouldn't say he's a great option, but he's going to be someone to look at, maybe even more so than Olenek. Marvin Bagley did the Marvin Bagley thing. He had 15 and 8, yeah, that's sick. Then he had no threes, no steals, no blocks, and went one of two from the line. This is what Bagley does. He should be on a roster, but there's a lot of negativity around his game. Well, Corey Joseph played 35 minutes without Killian Hayes, 10, 6, and 4. Still, the minutes are fine. The production is nowhere near 12-10. But again, with the three good games this week, the three quality games, Corey's going to have value. Olenek struggled 9 points in 15 minutes, and the only reason you'd hold him is for those three games. But with how it's going, yeah, I'm not even sure that he's going to be worth holding on to in that sort of situation. It's just it's not going particularly well, is it? But if you're a bet online, things would be going much better because college basketball, this tournament was announced today. The seedings, all that, so selection Sunday, all that happened. So we're here. We're ready for the tournament. And for all the latest odds, contests, and players, player props, betonline.net is that number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Let's go to the next one. Mavericks, Celtics. Good win, this one from um, Dallas, 95-92. Obviously, a low-scoring game. Doncic had a bit of a scare with his hamstring, but he was able to return. 39 minutes, 26-8-8 with three steals. Sixth-ranked player over the last two weeks. Really stepping it up. Well, Finney Smith also has been awesome. 19-4-3, two steals, a block, four triples, 64%. I worry that this high level of shooting for him is going to drop off and bite you in the ass, but now he's clearly a 12-team league player. Muxy Cleaver went from playing four minutes to playing 29. He also went scoreless and took just two shots. Yet he still had a good fantasy line because he had 13 rebounds and three blocks. It's only really helping in two categories, obviously. But there's use for him as a block streamer. They started Spencer Dinwiddie with Reggie Bullock out for personal reasons. He had 18, 5, and 4, which looks great on the surface. Unfortunately, he shot 36 from the field, which is bad, and then went 5 of 9 from the line, which is horrific. Might have cost you the week. Dinwiddie's not a good shooter at all, but he's better free throw guy than that and should be rusted. Brunson had 14-4-2, not his best, but still a 12-team league guy. While Dwight Powell went from scoring, what did he score last game? 26, to scoring four. This is more realistic for Dwight Powell. We don't need to overreact to that sort of big game. And we look at him as just a deeper league player. But the Celtics, Horford, what a run this bloke's on. 33 minutes, 17-6, five steals and two blocks. He was top 20 to begin the year, fell outside top 150, and now back putting up top 40 numbers. It's been a remarkable roller coaster. Marcus Smart had 15, 7, and 4 with the triple one. So good numbers for him, while maximum Derek White 
Five points in 22 minutes on 20% with no defensive stats and no threes. Jack Armstrong. Get that garbage out of here! I was going to say, surely you've dropped him already, but I'm looking at the roster numbers and you haven't. Is it true that everyone is uh, higher on Derek White now than I am? I like Derek White still, but you've got to be realistic. There's no fantasy value in holding him. Jason Tatum struggled with a shot, 21 points on 23 attempts, but 11 boards is good, while Rob Williams had 10 and 7, and Jalen Brown also struggled 14, 5, and 4 on 38% shooting. But the Celtics couldn't get the win, mainly because those blokes, you know, Smart, Tatum, and Brown all shot under 40%. Grant Williams went 1 of 6 as well, a guy who's been very, very efficient all season, wasn't able to get that done here. The next game we look at, the Philadelphia 76ers and the Orlando Magic. The Sixers, it took them overtime to get there, but they got there. They needed to get there. Um, 116-114. Now, this is a back-to-back for Philadelphia, and Doc Rivers said the other day, hey, we're probably going to put some rests in for Embiid and Harden, and he's made some bullshit statement. Oh, we've got it all planned out. Don't know why he wouldn't have planned this one out, but anyway, they, they needed them to get the win. I would say there's a pretty high chance that one of those blokes sits out tomorrow. We'll find out. Embiid had 35, 16, and 7 with two blocks. 32% shooting is harmful. 72 fantasy points is great. While um, Harden had 26, 6, and 6 with three steals, and he was somehow worse, 26% from the field. Just horrific field goal numbers. The Thick Hogsman, after I said that he wasn't a Thick Hogsman anymore, and he was just rocking a broomstick down there, he's fired up. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H! Yeah, TH for life. 26 and 9 with three threes. This is why, I don't expect 26, but this is why I was like, hey, Maybe you don't drop Tobias Harris yet. Let's see how this plays out. And then it sort of flipped between him and Tyrese Maxey, who for the second game in a row struggled. 10 points, 40% shooting. 45 minutes are still there. Five assists. I was worried about James Harden impacting Tyrese Maxey to the point where I thought it could end up with Maxey being a drop. And the first five games, Maxey went bananas. Usage stayed the same, and he shot 68% or whatever he did. And now it is crashing back to earth hard. I think he is better than what we've seen the last two games. But he is closer to what we've seen the last two games than what we saw the first five games, I think. it's, it's just, I don't care who you are. It was literally impossible for anybody to keep that run up. And generally, if you go for that sort of run, you're going to cop a pretty nasty cold streak coming up. I, it, I don't know why. It just happens. And that's what happen, happening with Maxi now. And with the confidence dropping, with the shots not falling, other blokes are getting those shots, like the Thick Hogsman. So we are seeing the actual real effect here on, uh, on Maxi from Harden. Still hold. Yeah, expectations should have been tempered. And now you're seeing the result of what the overall impact is, even though I think he would be better than this. Niang played 36 minutes. He had 16 points with four triples. I mean, sure. And uh, Thibault only the 18 minutes went scoreless. He had a steal, missed all four of his shots. He's just so putrid in every area that's not defense that it, he is really tough to roster, not even a top 240 player over the last two weeks. Because even the steals and blocks haven't been there in that huge number that we've seen. Oh, by the way, DeAndre Jordan was, sh- was shit out. What a shock that is. For the Magic, Wendell Carter Jr., 23-12 and 12 with three blocks in 39 minutes. He was great, as was Cole. 19-8 and eight with three threes in 37. Unfortunately, he shot 33%, but he was good. And a special shout-out goes to Markel Fultz. He was excellent in this game, I thought. Only played 19 minutes. He had eight points. But he had 11 assists and two steals. His assist rate is through the roof. He's like 15 assists per 100 possessions. It's a monster number. It's like 50% better than anything he's had in his career. So I'm a little skeptical that it's going to stick. And the fact that he hasn't pushed to 20 minutes yet makes him harder to look at as a 12-team league guy. They don't have a back-to-back for a while here, the Magic. And they've got a great schedule this week. And that could make him valuable. Play 20 minutes for three nights. 
get 30 assists? Maybe, probably not. Maybe 26 assists over three games? Maybe get four steals, five steals over three games? It's something. But I wouldn't say he's must roster at all. I still think there's some um, magic going on with the efficiency. And by magic, I mean it's going to fall away. He hit his only three-pointer in this game. But I'm really impressed with how good he looks. I just don't think they're going to push him to a large enough minute load to be a consistent 12-10 league guy. It's a great little hot streak at the moment with the assists. I'm just not convinced with it. Suggs hurt his ankle again. The numbers are great. 10-5 and 6 are still in the block. That's great in 22 minutes. The shooting's not. But he hurt his ankle again. Very hard to hold him. But again, with the three games on, do we just bite the bullet and hope? Maybe. I don't know who, who you find that's better. It was it was a stinker from Franz Wagner. He's putting up a few turds at the moment. Six and seven with two steals. One assist. I think we hold him. But outside the top 110 over the last two weeks, Fultz is having a small impact on him there. And Shumara Kiki, only 20 minutes. I think he needed more. But only one steal, zero blocks, 13 points with three threes. If it wasn't for the schedule, like he would be on the chopping block. Him and Suggs would be droppable guys. So maybe Bumblewood too, who had somehow five points in 32 minutes. Sorry, 33 minutes. He blocked two shots, but shot 29%. We're still holding, but it's rough. And I think Gary Harris and um, Terrence Ross are just going to alternate games played. Ross sat this one. Harris sat the game before. Roderick Hampton played 27 minutes, closed the game with Suggs injured. He had 11 points with three threes. Eh, he's not doing anything to make me get all that excited, personally. Let's go to the next game. The Memphis Grizzlies and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Grizzlies went at 125-118. It was the return of Dylan Brooksy Brooks. He started, he played 26 minutes. He took the second most shots on the team in those 26 minutes. Same amount of shots as Ja Morant. Had 15 points with four assists and a steal and shot 43%. It's just a typical Dylan Brooks game. I'm going to jack up shots. I'm going to miss them, but I'm going to put up counting stats. He should be on a roster, but he's going to hurt you. It did hurt Morant in this game. I don't know how real that's going to be moving forward, but Morant only took 14 shots, 17, 5, and 10, and had a triple zero. Ja's been great this year, but there is... There is maybe an impact coming. We'll see. Des Bain, he was able to withstand the Brooks onslaught. Still only took one more shot than Brooks in seven more minutes. But 21 and 8 with three threes, really strong, getting it done there with some good um, good shooting numbers. While Adams had 19 and 6, and Brandon Clark an efficient 12 and 10 in 23. Jaron Jackson, of course, didn't get any boards, but had 18 points on uh, 39%, so could have been better there. Hit two threes. Strong enough numbers. Well, Zaire had 11 points in 22, and De'Anthony Melton just completely eliminated, basically. Uh, four points in 14 minutes. You can go ahead and Jack Armstrong him. Get that garbage out of here! Give him 22 minutes. He's a 12-team league guy, but he's not going to get him. So, see, same as Derek White. I still think these guys are valuable players and should play more, but it doesn't actually matter. It doesn't matter if I think they should. It doesn't matter if you think they should. If they don't, they don't, and they can go. Bye. Um, Not much else to talk about there for the Grizzlies. Let's talk about the Thunder where we had some confusion. Not with Shea, though. He played 38 and had 31, 6, and 7, two steals and three blocks. That's a great game. That's a fantastic game from Gildas Alexander. Baisley had 29 and 10 in 39 minutes. I don't think we expect that too often. Hit his shots. Was good. Really good 12-team points league guy. Not convinced for categories, but this is a great game. Pokyshevsky only 20 minutes, and that's with Aaron Wiggins as a late scratch. 10 and 8 is still good, but if you're only getting 20 minutes with Wiggins out, see you later. Bye. Jack. Get that garbage out of here! Trey Mann returned, played 36 minutes. That's a lot. 15 points, 5 assists, 3 threes. To me, he's a fringe 12-team league guy. In points leagues, I think fine. 
In category leagues, I'm not so sure with some of his issues with efficiency. Well, Lindy Waters. Now, this bloke's going to take some shots. 30 minutes, 16 points, four threes, two steals and a block. Cool, 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 cool. Um, Roby. Yeah, I don't really know what to make of that. 16 minutes for Roby. No foul trouble. Six and four. He had been a top 50 player prior to this. It's annoying. It's frustrating. They mean the same thing. I will hold, but I won't hesitate to drop if it continues. The incantation, Olivier Saar. It's Leviosa, not Leviosa. Oh, sorry. Uh, two points in 16 minutes. So he wasn't really the beneficiary there. They sort of went small with a lot of Baisley at center. Um, so that was interesting. Their rotation continues to remain a pretty significant mystery a lot of the time. Let's go on to the sixth game of the day, the Indiana Pacers and the Atlanta Hawks. The Hawks were up big. Pacers came back. Hawks win at 131-128. The Pacers only had eight players available. There was no Turner, Brogdon, Duarte, Badadze, Warren, McConnell, Stevenson, and Rubio. Halliburton had 25-2-10. Strong. This guy's killing it. Jalen Smith, 13-10, two steals and two blocks. 12-team league guy. Isaiah Jackson didn't get into foul trouble. He had 12-15 and 15 with a steal and two blocks in 28 minutes. He is a must-roster player. Dwayne Washington Jr. 34 minutes, 22 points. I wouldn't read that much into him. But with Brogdon and Duarte out, good streamer. Budrick Heald had 25, 4, and 5. The two guys who really couldn't benefit that much, they still were pretty good. The Red Rooster, Terry Taylor, he started, had 20, 16 points in 25 minutes on 75%, but not much else. And O'Shea Brissett had 15, 4, and 2 on 63% shooting. Unfortunately, he was poor from the line. I don't think either of those guys are 12-team league guys. Brissett's more of a 14-teamer. But, you know, Halliburton, Smith, Jackson, Heald, they're all 12-team league guys. Um, and we saw some good production here. For the Hawks, Johnny Collins was out, and he's questionable for tomorrow, game-time decision. And I think even if he plays tomorrow, he's going to have some um, lower minutes. DeAndre Hunter played a lot, 37 minutes, and again, it's the same thing with him. You look at him, you go, 15 points, all right, we're off to a good start here. One rebound, two assists, zero steals, zero blocks. He's just the most empty category league producer there is. Stream him for 12s, no problem. Must roster, absolutely not. Bogdan Bogdanovich had 13, 4, and 6. He has cooled off somewhat, which was to be expected. While Capella had some foul trouble, so only played 22, but had 10 and 6 with three steals and a block. And Trey Young, 47, 7 threes, 5 assists, 2 steals. He had like a huge amount in that first half as well. Akongwu did step up with Collins out, played 26, 13 and 9 with a block. That's strong enough. Still probably just more for 14 team leagues, while the Italian cock, Danilo Gallinari. Hands off my cock! 15, 5, and 5, 28 minutes. You might as well hold him. You might as well stream him with the uncertainty around Collins. But he's not going to be the greatest option out there. But there is some stream appeal for him with Collins yeah, most likely to miss. The next game up, the Rockets just got their pants pulled down by the Pelicans, 130-105. to 105. Christian Wood and the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate, returned. Wood played 26 minutes and had 8 points. So that's pretty cool, isn't it? It's awesome. We love it. 12 rebounds, 4 assists, 30% from the field. 33, in fact. I don't want to dick him those couple of extra percentage points. Jalen Green played 27, 17, 2, and 4. He's strong. That's strong. It's good. His backcourt teammate, uh, Cousin Kev, had 6, 6, and 5. 22 from the field and 33 from the line. I think we've gotten past the point of people arguing with me about how this guy's a superstar upside talent um, and understanding that he's just a flawed player who might not actually be a long-term NBA starter. That's fine. Yeah, I even misread his potential ability to churn out counting, counting stats this year for fantasy and completely overvalued him. 
he has been bad the vast majority of this year. Is he a droppable guy? I find it hard to do that given him, him that he's the starting point guard. In a dynasty league, though, oh, my faith in him is cooked. I, don't, I didn't have huge faith in him, but it's, it's cooked. Tate played 20 minutes. You can do better in 12-team leagues. You can. 14 points in 20 minutes, while uh, KJ Martin played 26, which is encouraging. Unfortunately, the numbers were bad. 5-1-2. and two. That's John Ray Hunter's style. At least the one and the two is. Um, probably not a 12-team league guy. And the delicate dancer, Alperen Sengun. It's just not going to happen, guys. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. He fouled out in 15 minutes. He had 9-4. and four. Chris, Unless Christian Wood is out, Sengun is not a 12-team league player. Everyone's got him. He's rostered in nearly every league, but it doesn't doesn't need to be the, that way. Eric Gordon was announced as a starter, and then he was a late scratch due to knee problems, knee tendinopathy or some shit. Gary Bird started and did nothing. Matthews is not a 12-team or 14 or 16-team league guy. I'd much rather they just put Joshy Christopher in there, who I thought was okay again, 13-5-2 without Schroeder in there. Christopher, absolutely someone to watch. Also, great to see that Usman Garuba played. Bad to see that he was behind Bruno Fernando on the depth chart. That makes no sense. But Garuba at least got back into action. Seven minutes, three and three. Didn't think he'd play again this year. I'd like to see a couple of minutes from him, especially over whatever it is that Bruno Fernando provides. For the Pelicans, Valanciunas had 32 and 10. Jonas Vassal Inuansas. Yep, great. 27 minutes, killed him. Jackson Hayes, 21 and six, two steals and a block. Go back and look at the games that Jackson Hayes has played against the Rockets this year. This is good. Last game was good from Hayes without Ingram and McCullum, and I think he should be on a 12-team league roster. But before we start getting completely fired up about what Hayes did in this game, and I think, again, I think it's worth looking at. It's pretty interesting. But, you know, when we um, when we look at his numbers, what he did against Houston, his three games against Houston this season, 21-7 and seven with two steals and two blocks, 14 and 7 with three assists, a steal, and a block. 21 and 6 with two steals and a block. He has dominated them. Other teams, eh, not so much. Not so much. But he is worth having. Najee Marshall, 17 and 10, two steals. Solid 12 team league guy for this week. Devontae Graham, he's going he's gonna to piss on your field goals. We know it. 10 and 10.7 assists, two threes, two steals. Still worth having. And Herbalife Jones has not stepped it up at all. He doesn't have that ability to ramp up, I don't think. And the shooting is falling off. 27 from the field, 50 from the line, 7, 3, and 2. In a points league, I wouldn't bother with him. In a category league, I would. That's for 12s. But he is falling off from that ridiculous start. Big game from the big fella, Jose Alvarado. 30 minutes, 16 points, 10 assists, and 6 steals. Now, that is sick. Is it reliable? No. Is it worth taking a look at with CJ and Brandon Ingram out? Yeah, bloody oath. Now, it might be one more game that CJ's out. might be two. I don't know. Yeah, I, I would prioritize Hayes. I would prioritize Graham. But then Alvarado and Marshall, there's a little bit more upside in Alvarado. Look, you just look at those assists and steals. If you're going to play 30 a night, then I'm pretty excited about it. Also, the list manager, Ty Wallace, returned to the NBA. Seven points in 20 minutes. Not much more there. He missed all three of his free throws, but he's a guy that's been productive in the past. So just someone to, just someone to watch, I guess, to see if any larger role does come to fruition at all. Let's go to the last game of the day. Just another ass kicking in what has been an ass kicking of a Lakers season. The Suns win at 140 to 111. This was over basically after the first quarter. LeBron still got his 31 with seven rebounds, six assists, and five triples. Strong game there when Malik Monk had 13, four, and four. Remains a 12 team league guy. And our man, Austin Reeves, not Roston, not Scooby Doo area. Austin Reeves, 
10 points in 25 minutes. He's pushing towards being at least a 12-team streamer. Otherwise, he's just a 14-team league guy. Um, Westbrook was trash again, 13-2-2. At least he didn't kill your percentages, but man, now he can't even put up counting stats. I don't know what it is with this bloke. He just can't figure it out. And if you want to drop him, I don't have any problem with it. Probably wouldn't, but I don't think it's a bad choice. Mallow only played 18. He had 18 points. He still remains a 12-team league guy while they started Dwight Howard over Stanley Johnson for the second half. And neither of those guys is the answer, so it doesn't really matter that much. Avery Bradley played 25 ineffectual minutes, so I guess that's cool. And Taylor Horton Tucker had three points in 22 not providing value. This team is terrible, and we'll see where they go from here. The answer is nowhere. Devin Booker, 32 minutes, 30 points, 10 assists, and 4 steals, continues to play at a really high level, while Aiton was great also, 23 and 16. It was a strong game from Aaron Holiday as well. Big As played 24 minutes. He had 12 points, 5 assists, and 4 steals. No, you shouldn't add him. He did a bit of that damage in garbage time, and he's just not someone that's going to play 24 minutes each night. Campaign only got 24, again, garbage time. 9, 4, and 11, but he obviously remains a hold. While Jay Crowder, maybe he stopped, he's going to stop getting this one. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. 11 and 5, 2 steals, 2 blocks, and 3 threes remains a really strong option, and Bridges had 18 and 6. But in the end, the Suns just crushed him. They basically just played you know, garbage time bench guys for the final 12 minutes of the game. It was over very, very quickly. And now I don't know what happens. Again, I don't know what happens. The, Lakers, the Suns are great. Also, comedy at the start, Anthony Davis. Oh, the only reason the Suns beat us last year is because I was hurt. <sighs> is he trolling? Suns people aren't, pretty, aren't too happy with that. Um, they obviously got crushed. In this game, the Lakers, without Anthony Davis, which, who, of course, was the difference. Let's look at the lines of the night. The monstrous is Trey Young. He was great. Your waiver wire is big Jose Alvarado with all those assists and steals. Great numbers there. At least streaming value for him. Young Gun is Cade Cunningham, and your dud of the night is Maximum Derek. Maximum Derek. The top 10 performers today, number one was Trey, followed by Kevin Durant, Shea Gildas-Alexander, Luka Doncic, uh, Jonas Valanciunas, Joel Embiid, Devin Booker, LeBron James, Al Horford, and Cade Cunningham. Top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Number one was Alvarado, as I said, stream option. Lindy Waters, I'm not, I don't think so. Maybe like 16 teams. Dwayne Washington, only with the injuries there. Uh, Aaron Holiday, again, played well. Wouldn't rely upon it. Bill Hernan Gomez, no. Markel Fultz, maybe with the schedule coming up if you want some assists. Gallinari, as long as Collins is out. Zaire Williams, no. Tyce Jones, no. And Najee Marshall, probably yes, as a 12-team option. And then lastly, we look at the top 10 players in points leagues. For today, number one was Durant, followed by Embiid, Gildas Alexander, Trey Young, Devin Booker, Valanchunas, Cunningham, Doncic, Alvarado, and Jim Harden. And that... We'll do it for today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, why don't you give it a thumbs up? Leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.